We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. I'm Pastor Gary Cass. I'm the pastor of Christ Community Reformed Church, and I'm filling in for Brian and Kathleen while they're out traveling. And my adorable co-host is Miss Darcy Cass, my oldest granddaughter. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. Darcy and I would love to meet you sometime, so please come worship with us on Sunday at Christ Community Reformed Church in Escondido. For directions, go to our website, ChristCRC.com. That's ChristCRC.com. Perfect. And uh, today, my guest is a friend that I've known for years. He's a very courageous pro-life, pro-family leader, a dear brother in the Lord, and a pastor. And his name's Matt Truella. And Pastor Truella has written a very helpful book entitled Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. And I believe it can teach you the why and the how to stand for Christ and reclaim our liberty uh, under God and in the Constitution. By the way, I recently gave a copy of your uh, book, Matt, to a civic leader up in my part of the woods, and they devoured the book over the weekend and then shot me an email that they really uh, appreciated it. So um, let me just introduce our guest. Matt Truella is the pastor of Mercy Seat Christian Church near Milwaukee, a graduate of Valley Forge Christian College, and he and his wife, Clara, have 11 children and 30, yes, I said 30 grandchildren. Uh, way to go, Matt. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, uh, Pastor Matt, you probably sense this. I think most of us are. There just seems to be an increasing amount of political correctness, and out of that flows the kind of tyranny and Thought police and speech controls coming out of universities. Uh, now we're seeing it trickle down into the, even to grammar schools. Uh, it's infiltrated government bureaucracies. And now, uh, surprisingly, uh, we're experiencing it as a result of what's going on in corporations. So, so you've probably seen all of this diversity, equity, and inclusion, and just all that it's doing to clamp down on us. Um, how does does your book interface with the kind of uh, issues that we're confronting today as it relates to the loss of our liberties? Well, it interfaces tremendously well because evil is afoot in our nation and in a grand scale, and it needs to be stopped. And the Doctrine of Lesser Magistrate teaches the lesser authorities that when the superior 
civil authority is acting lawlessly and is instituting evil and immorality and injustice through law, policy, or court opinion, their duty is not blithe compliance. Rather, their duty is what we call interposition. They're to stand in the gap and stop the evil, not obey the superior authority, and if necessary, actively resist them. So the doctrine itself, you can follow it for 2,500 years in Western civilization. It's been employed again and again, um, both by Christian uh, nations and also by non-Christian nations, showing it's natural to man. Okay, so so let's let's unpack that, because a lot of our listeners are very steeped in the Scriptures, and they would say, Mm -hmm. oh, but uh, Pastor Mac, uh, uh, Romans 13 tells me I'm supposed to submit to those who have authority over me. And so, and you're saying no? Correct. Yeah, in fact, I have an appendix in my book on the doctrine um, where I go over Romans 13, and it's only about 14 pages long, but I show that Romans 13 does not teach unlimited obedience to the civil authorities. And I give three convincing proofs of that in the book. Um, recently here in Watertown, we were out speaking at and preaching outside a um, drag queen show for children. Mm-hmm. And the police decided to arrest um, the Christians when we have state law against adults sexualizing children. So mm-hmm. instead of arresting the bad guys who are dressed up like women, flaunting themselves, dressed very lewdly, and the adults and children are giving them dollar bills mm. as they're walking through the crowd like they're at a strip club, the police allow all that to go on, but then arrest three Christians. And so there was about 10 or 12 of them standing there, and I took the opportunity to explain to them their God-given function, according to Romans 13, is to reward those who do good and to punish the evildoers. But they've turned it all on its head because they're allowing the evildoers who are sexualizing children to remain free while they've arrested the good people who are trying to speak up for what is right and what is true. Um, In fact, if people are interested in seeing that little clip, Gary, they can go to our Defy Tyrants channel. That's our channel, Defy Tyrants at rumble.com. And it's just two and a half minutes long, and you can see how I um, address the police from Romans 13 there. That's great. We had a little dust up here in San Diego where they decided they were going to do essentially the same thing at the new children's museum downtown San Diego, and about a hundred of us or so. Uh, showed up to uh, register our dissent, and it was a very uh, confrontational situation. I think this is kind of the point of the culture war right now, and pastors and and Christians need to be stepping up and proclaiming the truth. And um, and I did before I went. I contacted the local. Uh, jurisdictions and said, hey, I'm going down there and I intend to use my First Amendment uh, rights uh, to be able to express my uh, dissent and I expect them to be protected. And and thankfully, when Antifa was surrounding and trying to intimidate and uh, do a lot of things that are very provocative and obscene, uh, the San Diego police came and pulled them off of us. Uh, But uh, nevertheless, they were there protecting what was going on inside the library, or and, excuse me, the the museum, and 
rather than going in and arresting those who were doing uh, such corrupt things, you would think that they would uh, enforce uh, the law. Hey, you mentioned, though, that this was not just uh, – it's been active for 2,500 years. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the gospel didn't really roll out until about 2,000 years ago. So you're saying that uh, this idea of the lesser magistrates, that is lower elected officials intervening uh, when there's tyranny, uh, even – appeals not just to the scripture because there is a biblical case for it but you said to natural law as well that that's correct um and you know we see it in old testament scripture mm-hmm. interposition of the lesser authorities we see interposition by the civil authorities in the new testament um but you and that's a big word what's in, in non- let's let's define right. interposition because some people may not be comfortable with that sure interposition is where you stand in the gap and you place yourself in between the oppressor and his intended victim. And you can interpose either verbally or physically or both. And so, of course, the hallmark passage on that is Ezekiel chapter 22. God says he's looking for a man to stand in the gap. Um, and he addresses the princes there who were the lesser magistrates of that day. But then he concludes, but I could not find one. Mm. And then he declares that he's going to bring his righteous judgment upon the land because of the evil that's going on there. So understand that the interposition of the lesser authorities is so massively important, it can actually abate the just judgment of God. Interposition is seen in many places in Scripture, you know, like, remember the Hebrew midwives Mm -hmm. told by Pharaoh, kill the male Hebrew children, they interposed for them. They didn't kill them. Another example would be 1 Samuel 14, where um, Saul gave his dopey decree. Mm-hmm. His son, Jonathan, you know, starts a fight with the Philistines. Saul joins in, makes his dopey decree. Nobody shall eat anything, but the battle's over. Jonathan doesn't hear about it, eats a little honey. And Saul's ready to kill his own son. And it says, all Israel rose up and said, not one hair shall be touched on the head of him mm-hmm. who brought Israel such a great victory today. People themselves interposed. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the interposition of lesser authority, Um, They actually use their lawful office to interpose against the superior tyrant authority and the people they represent in their jurisdiction. And understand how important that interposition is, Gary. The tyrant superior authority always counts on the blithe compliance of the lesser authorities in order to get their evil down into the fabric of society. Mm. It's when they don't have that blithe compliance that they know they have a problem on their hands. So when the lesser authority interposes, the superior tyrant authority has two choices. He can either um, back up and realize, yeah, I've overstepped the limits of my authority, or he has to come out of his lair and show his fangs, and then men more readily see him for the tyrant that he is. Um, So it's extremely important that men take a stand so that the evil is either stopped or the tyrant is exposed for the evil person or persons that they are. Now, this begs a couple of questions. How do we know, then, that someone is actually transgressed and went from a legitimate authority to a tyrannical authority uh, and therefore must be opposed and resisted? Yes. Well, one is if they make law policy or court opinion contrary to the law 
or word of God, they are to be resisted. Secondly, if they exceed the limit of their authority, they are to be resisted. Scripture does limit the authority of the civil magistrate. We live in a state as hell now, so people think the state can do whatever they want, but they cannot. They have a limited purpose given to them by God. God established four great governments, self-government, family government, church government, and civil government. Each has its own role, function, and limits. And so the state has its limits. If they exceed their limits as given by God, or since we live in America, exceed the limits of the U.S. Constitution, or you're there in California, the state constitution of California, they are to be resisted. So an example of that would be, of course, like when the pandemic was going on and these governors were acting like tyrants, as Newsom was there. And there was a churchman who said this. He said, if the governor tells us to put pinwheels on our heads to go into the grocery store, we put pinwheels on our heads to go into the grocery store. (laughs) And the truth is, absolutely not. He has exceeded the limits of his authority at that point. He's trampling on the liberties we have, which were given to us or secured for us, I should say, by uh, men who fought, bled, and died in order to see that they were secured. So when they make law contrary to God or his word, or they exceed their limits, they're to be opposed. John of Salisbury, in his great work, Polycraticus, which was written in 1159 AD, said that the prince or the king becomes a tyrant when he acts contrary to the law or word of God. Mm-hmm. His actions are now tyranny, and not for the good of the people or for the, for the country. And that so kind of... Extremely important. Yeah, those yeah. and those streams carry through the Reformation. I think Luther called him the Beowulf uh, doctrine when uh, mm-hmm. when the tyrant, when the, the civil magistrate or the authority, the governor, transgresses and becomes the oppressor, he has essentially become the wolf, and uh, it's incumbent upon us to defend the flock. Just for a moment here, if you're listening, I'm Pastor Gary Cass from Christ Community Reform Church. I'm filling in today for Brian and Kathleen, and I have my adorable granddaughter, Darcy, helping me uh, with the program today. We're interviewing Pastor Matt Truella. Pastor Truella has written an amazing book, that, and we're going to tell you how to get that at the end of the program, entitled The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. And so we'll be giving you contact information for him in just a moment. And uh, Darcy, did you have something you wanted to say? Let me get back from the break. Pastor Truella will tell us how we can put these powerful principles into action. Intrusive government, sexual confusion, division in the church. We are under continued attack in our culture. This is Brian Melanakis. And this is Kathleen Melanakis. Using scripture and logic, we report on and discuss current events and how Christians should respond to be an influence for good in our culture. Join us on Biblical Citizen Let's Roll every Saturday at noon on KPRZ. That's Biblical Citizen Let's Roll every Saturday at noon. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. I'm Pastor Gary Cass of Christ Community Reform Church, filling in for Brian and Kathleen Melanakis while they're out traveling. I am Darcy Cass, helping out my grandpa. Thanks for listening. Today, my guest is Pastor Matt Truella, author of The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. And we've been discussing this whole doctrine, where it came from, and how it is that 
were to interpose or intervene in situations where the government uh, has exceeded their lawless limits or lawful limits. And we also um, have been discussing how is it that we would know that they've transgressed and when it is time for us to intervene. So let's get down to some practical things. Um, What actions constitute a proper and legitimate response or, or resistance to tyranny? Sure. Well, I can give you multiple examples of the doctrinal lesser magistrate being um, demonstrated over the last several years. Just earlier this year, there is a county in Michigan called Ottawa County, for example. And uh, I spoke there last year in Michigan to five different counties. People got fired up and they ran for office. Think of that. And they took over three counties. One of them was Ottawa County. And when they met in January for the first time, the very first thing they did was remove their psychopath health director for their county government and replaced him with a sane, saner person. And the other thing they did on the very first night that they met was they completely abolished the office of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, so they saved all the people in their county from being influenced by the filth of that department. Plus they saved the taxpayers over $260,000 a year by removing that department. That's an act of resistance against the evil being done by the superior authorities, um, which was imposed on them via the state. So this is how it's done. Well, you have it, to it, have people yeah. who are have courage and boldness and it's, love God and neighbor. Yeah, some people may right. be uh, confused because after all, doesn't diversity, equity, and inclusion. It sounds so benign. Wouldn't wouldn't we want to be for that? But then we just realize it's a full employment uh, move on the part of Marxists. And uh, we do need to uh, shut that down. And uh, maybe we should do a program just on that at some point. Um, so um, actually getting local citizens to run for office and uh, as we say, we don't want to fight City Hall. We want to be City Hall, right? Um, mm-hmm. What are some other – what if you're not an elected official, though, or, or maybe you have no interest in actually uh, serving in an elected capacity? What is the What can the average voter, the average citizen do uh, to interpose when the state begins to be tyrannical? Sure. Well, the role of the people regarding the doctrine – is to prod their magistrates to do right when evil is being done by superior magistrates. And so they are to go to their magistrates and say, this is wrong and you need to stand against it. And they have to, at the same time, while they're prodding them to do right, they have to assure them that they'll stand with them four square with -hmm. their person, with their property, with their prayers, both publicly and privately. Mm -hmm. That's massively important. So that's the role of the people. On a practical level, how does that work out? Here's one example. Um, At county government, and this is important, county government's important. Um, Not only did people learn from, you know, the pandemic and the steel that their federal government is at war with them. Some of us already knew that for decades. (laughs) But for a lot of people, that was the wake-up call. But they also realized that their state officials love to play the tyrant, too. In fact, we learned there was plenty of local tyrants, you know, at the county and local level. So one of the things we've taught people is, you know, if you want and and we 
focus on county and local government because that's where men have rallied, Gary, to make a stand for freedom. And I've told Mm -hmm. people this for 15 years. Quit focusing on the presidential election. Um, You know, the two political parties, the um, media want to make that into an emperorship. But if you actually read the Constitution, the president has precious little power. And um, focus rather at the county, local, and state level. Nobody would listen. Now they've flooded into county and local government to make stands for freedom. And it's happening um, from coast to coast. So one of the things I share with people is, okay, you're not familiar with your county board yet. Um, Get familiar. Go to the meetings. Also do your research. Find out what authority they possess. Okay, what authority does the county possess? Because it's different in every state. And also it can be different even in different counties within a state. So it's extremely important that you figure out what authority they do possess. And then you can bring one of four resolutions. You could bring a constitutional county resolution, for example, um, where you say that anything that's done unconstitutionally by any agency or agent um, is null void and of no authority in our county. Another would be a Second Amendment resolution or ordinance that declares any infringement upon the Second Amendment rights of the citizens in our county is null void and of no authority in our county. Um, Another one would be um, a sanctuary um, resolution on behalf of the preborn. No one gets murdered here. And another one would be medical freedom. Um, You know, no testing, no masking, no um, shot getting, whether by um, the state or business in this county. Now, the reason you bring those is because it will reveal the heart of everyone sitting on your county board. Mm-hmm. And then you know who you need to unseat. And then you have to do the trench work in order to try to build with others in order to um, unseat the people who are doing wrong and replace them with people who fear God and love neighbor. That's great. And do you have uh, sample language for that anywhere on the resources that you make available that somebody could go and look at? Yeah, we don't have them up online, um, but if they contact uh, contact us, um, we can send them um, language of that kind where they can see how others have done it. You and know, um, our web our website's mm-hmm. defytyrants.com, and you can email us from there. Okay, great. That's what we want to do. And so defytyrants.com, and um, I feel like I need to get a uh, a bulk discount on your book. Can we get your book there? Oh, absolutely. You can get the bulk there. And if people are, you can get the book there. And if people are interested in bulk purchases, then um, we can get them for a, a steeply marked down price. Awesome. <laughs> so just email us. So okay. if you buy um, 15 or more books, we're able to give you a great discount. Well, I've been uh, distributing them far and wide whenever I have opportunities to meet with elected officials. I just say, hey, just uh, why don't you read through this? This might uh, encourage you. And uh, people are are appreciative of it. And I do appreciate the spade work you've done in doing the research so that we can have this resource together. As a local pastor in Escondido, uh, I'm trying to uh, be very uh, diligent in my own backyard uh, to build Mm -hmm. bridges into our uh, civil government as well as uh, a, a larger uh, influence of the church in Escondido, we should have much more influence than we uh, currently have. But because a lot of churches are 
asleep at the switch. Um, we've got things, for example, we just discovered in our library that have no business being in any library of any uh, anywhere, much less in a, mm-hmm. a, an, an area like Escondido, which is largely conservative. So we have to be engaged and we have to get uh, boots on the ground. And I really appreciate you, Pastor, uh, because you've led the way uh, practically you you're out on the streets uh you're you're speaking to uh, authority and uh you're just somebody who i like to hold up as an example of what uh pastors can and should be doing all across the country and just imagine if if every pastor uh took his own backyard seriously and said i'm going to uh disciple my my community in the in my god-given liberties and rights um, and all the local churches in America finally stepped up and did their job, I don't think we'd be in quite the uh, situation we find ourselves today. I agree, and that's been a huge problem. In fact, when people go to our website, defytyrants.com, right on the homepage we have a box that changes out every few seconds. And the fourth one is called, Why Aren't the Pastors Involved? And in there I have three short articles on pietism, And I also have a 35-minute lecture on pietism to explain why the pastors aren't involved. But because we've pillared this form of Christianity, which thinks it's spiritual, by not being involved in civil government matters and have abandoned the magistrates, wicked men have filled the void, and they've made their worldview law, policy, and court opinion. So now good is called evil. Evil is made good by them. And have you noticed... We live in an insane asylum at this point. Yes. Clown world, I think somebody has called it. Yeah. Well, Pastor Truella, thank you so much for being our guest today. And I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you for listening today. We appreciate your getting all the way to the end of the program. And we'd love to meet you. Uh, Please come and visit Christ Community Reformed Church this Sunday. For directions and service times, go to our website, ChristCRC.com. That's ChristCRC.com. Thank you again for listening. This is Pastor Gary Cass of Christ Community Reformed Church filling in for Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. We hope to see you soon, and God bless you. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen.